Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to The Kitchen Table. I am so glad you are with me today. Y'all, we have been talking about the lies that we believe in motherhood, and last week I talked about how I hear the lie of feeling alone. But this week I'm honored and super blessed to sit down with Michelle Kroll and really talk honestly and openly, I know we will, about what it looks like when we hear that we are alone. I want to tell you a little quickly about Michelle. Michelle lives with a crew of boys. She had one little boy, right? And then your little, your son prayed for siblings. I, I know we've talked about this before and she was blessed with four. Y'all, she has quads and they're all boys and how fun that is. But um, I love what you say on your, you said it on your website. I found it and I stole it because I thought it was so cute that you switched from zone defense to a spilling over full life. Like it went probably from a fast life because even having one child is super fast to, I mean, bullet train fast. Like I can't, amazing. But where I first really met Michelle and saw her heart, she has an amazing website. Um, You can follow her at michellecroll.com and this will be in the show notes. You can follow her on Instagram and Michelle Kroll writes, but Also, she has an online community on Facebook called A Rooted Home, and her website offers so many um, resources and truths. I found you from something you offered a couple years ago. I don't even know if you know. I can't remember if I've told you this before, but you you offered something called um, uh, Grace Mask Moments. It was an audio. Oh, yes. Yeah, And I was so intrigued that I wouldn't have to read it, that I could listen to something. And I would listen to it every morning when I walked my dogs. I I loved it. I loved it. It was the best, just the, it was best. So if you should bring it back, if if it's yes. not something yeah I do need find. to get it up I do need to get it back up on the site but I loved hearing that because I didn't know that that's such a sweet story oh gosh it was so good it's so good so y'all as you listen today and we're about to dive in I want you to think about going and finding her because she will bless your heart she will she'll teach you truth all right but Michelle we are talking about the lie of feeling alone and I am wondering from your perspective, how you've experienced that lie, or if you have. Yes, you're so generous. Thank you for such a kind introduction. Um, so the lie, so you, you gave a little background on our crazy life here with all of these boys. And I think 
for me that by, um, I came from a pretty big family. So I came from a family of six and I have um, three sisters. So there was a bunch of girls to a bunch of boys yeah. <laughs> in my home now. And I think that why of being alone, like I feel like I was never really alone in life. Like I always feel like mm-hmm. I had a, someone around, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of alone time, but the lie of feeling alone really kind of took root in just this um, more of an isolation, like those early years of motherhood, like you said, even with one child, like you can just feel like life just kind of shifted overnight, you know, even if you, for us, we had um, an infertility battle, both times I was pregnant. So, you know, even when you're waiting for this, uh, this motherhood to begin that you're just so anticipating and then it happens, your life still changes just really drastically. And it, for us, it was overnight the first time. And then (laughs) from one to five, which was really even more so crazy. And um, just this thought process that, you know, you're, you're on this kind of Island and nobody else is doing these things that you're doing. And nobody, I don't know if it was, um, I don't think I wrestle as much with uh, does anyone see what I'm doing? Although there are moments that I have to guard myself, especially around like the holidays or when, you know, when there's something stressful coming up, I, I really have to be mindful of, um, yes, everyone sees me and my family's pretty appreciative, but I know that can be a struggle too. Like, is, mm-hmm. am I just doing this and nobody, there's not some magician behind the scenes making all these things happen. That's all wrong. You know, it didn't just appear. The groceries didn't just have to come <laughs> in the fridge by themselves. Um, and your clothes weren't all washed on their own. But I think the other piece of it was just like wondering um, if anyone, you know, just feeling like isolated from the rest of the world, really. And I mm-hmm. think um, I'll, we can get into that a little bit about how the enemy can prey on us in PREY and that. But um, for me, when my boys were young, we really couldn't go anywhere. Our, our car at first didn't even fit all of us, like all of the car seats. Um, so it was just, and then they, my quads were born in a season of, um, it was like the start of cold and flu season. And that was the year of H1N1 and all of these things were, were kind of going on. And so it was like, you guys need to just bunker down, stay home, you know, get everybody home mm-hmm. first. They don't know, they didn't all come home at once. They came home within a span of three weeks. Um, and then, you know, they were all the way in the city of Chicago, which is about an hour from where we live with traffic. It's not an hour distance wise, but the traffic is, is what ha- it hangs that up. And um, when we finally got everybody home, it was just like hunker down and, you know, and be this family, which is, is very reminiscent of what was happening in this past year for us too. So mm-hmm. we kind of have had these seasons of home, you know, and really having to, to be home. But what started to take root in that season was just um, we're cut off kind of from the world. So even our visitors had to be kind of limited at first. And we really wanted who came and helped these wonderful people who became part of our family, really, to get to know our boys, not just kind of be like a revolving door of we had our older son. So we really needed to think about all those pieces because his life changed so drastically overnight. You know, he knew there was four babies coming, but I mean, when they actually got here, that was, that was something different. Um, (laughs) And so walking through that season, I really had to start to, um, and the lack of sleep, of course, that most moms can understand Mm -hmm. (laughs) how that feels too. 
just really start to put truth to into my head about what I was doing here at home. Like what, what was I doing? So yes, I was taking care of my family and yes, I was um, doing all of those tasks, but I started to understand that I was not only doing them for my family, for myself, for our home, but in union with God, like as acts of worship, as acts of praise, as um, I wasn't just, you know, on this Island doing all of these things that no one would, see or know about but he was with me and um carrying me through all that and so I think that that I had this time before my boys were born in the hospital for seven weeks and I I refer to that seven weeks often because that was definitely an island isolation kind of moment um yeah and I really I think that it was intentional I really strengthened my relationship with the Lord even more during that time because that's all I had. My, I would have visitors and my husband and son would come down as much as they could. But for the most part, I was there on my own, you know, and going through the day to day of like, just everything that was changing with my body with, uh, with when are these babies coming and you know, my husband was trying to orchestrate everything going on at home. Um, it was that was like a full on coordination of itself. So I was grateful to have that time with the Lord beforehand just really, you know, letting him pour into me and just really strengthening that bond because uh, afterward, I really relied on that. I really relied on that quiet, like going back to those quiet moments where I felt alone and knowing that I was not alone. So um, I think that when we, when we find that lie of isolation, um, we kind of have to see it for what it is. And Mm -hmm. it can be hard because it doesn't always come as I'm trying to isolate you from the world, Michelle, you know, like it just comes in little whispers and little thoughts that you have in your head. And um, I'll really age and date myself here for a moment, but there's, uh, there's, there's this 80s movie, The Labyrinth. Uh, if you know it, it was with Jennifer Connelly. And I think I get them all confused. I think it was David Bowie or something, but um, it was this movie of, um, you know, there's these mazes and there was this um, intricate, like she was caught in like the, all of these mazes and she couldn't find her way out. And I would have nightmares about this movie, much like uh, when I would show my kids any movies from the eighties. And then I realized like, why am I showing my kids <laughs> these movies? They are so violent and <laughs> are inappropriate. Um, but what would happen was I, I would have these dreams of like being trapped in a maze like that. Like there was just no way out. And at the end of the movie, she says, uh, you have no power over me and everything kind of just falls away. You have to Google it Mm -hmm. to laugh at like the imagery and probably because I told you the wrong people in in the actual movie, but I go back to that phrase as cheesy and as, as goofy as it is, I go back to that phrase of like, you have no power over me. Like you don't Mm -hmm. have any power here Satan like you have no power over my home you have no power over my mind you have no power over me and whenever I think that phrase in my head I remember to tie myself back to his truth and to tie myself back to his word and you know however it works for you um (laughs) maybe not 80s movie references but uh and that's why I you know I'm such a visual person I know you mentioned a rooted home at the beginning but that's why I, I create I need to be surrounded by his word. Like I need to be wearing it. I need to, I have a shirt on um, that says 
growing with grace. I have to be, have it on my walls. Um, there's verses over my kids' beds just mm-hmm. to constantly root myself and ground myself and remember that those truths are present in our lives every day. Like we get to, we get to hold on to those when we feel um, alone, when we feel afraid. You know, biblically, we hear so often, um, do not be afraid. And I, I know there's that saying that it's, that's repeated however many times in the Bible, that's like the most repeated yeah. phrase. And, but I think when we tell someone, when we tell our kids, don't be afraid, what's the natural reaction for them? It's like, that doesn't just set you know, it's like the same yeah. thing as being told not to worry. You don't stop worrying and you don't stop being afraid. You have to have yeah. the truth that tells you that. So um, creating like what I'm doing now is opening up a shop, creating products to um, have that truth to hold on to for our kids to have it, for us to have it. And, you know, to put that in um, key places in our life, because I know that not only is it not being afraid, but it's adding that extra layer over our kids. Like, why don't we have to be afraid? Why don't we have to worry? Mm-hmm. Why don't we have to, um, you know, be anxious? It's because God's with us. He's always with us all the time. Yeah. And so I think um, it's not just do not be afraid, but we have to kind of follow it up with like, well, what does that look like? <laughs> you know, why aren't we afraid? And there's um, an excerpt uh, from a, the prayer of St. Patrick that I love. It's, um, you know, God before me, God beside me, God within me, God to guide me. It just goes on. But I always keep those three things real rooted in my heart. Um, whenever I'm walking into anything new, even at my age, <laughs> I can be afraid. I can, I can be worried. I can have fear. So um, I think that that, you know, having those truths written in our heart is so important. Um, Mm-hmm. And it takes me back to just those, those early days of motherhood. I even look back now and think like, how, how did we get through that? And I know the only way that we did was um, the Lord carrying us through it. You know, it just, yeah, he was there with us every moment. That's the only way we could have gotten through because it wasn't in our own strength to yeah. feed that and clothe and <laughs> change that many diapers. I cannot, Michelle, how... <laughs> What did you do? I mean, this is a side note, but I just, my sister has yeah. twins. So, I mean, I've had a bunch okay. of kids, but I only had them all one at a time. So, and I had a policy in my home that I wasn't going to have two in diapers. So I would, so like my That's kids, policy. So my kids came like 18 to two years, two, 18 months to two years apart from everyone. And so like a baby was born and I was bent on that whatever, 20 month old, 22 month old or two year old. I was like, you're getting out of diapers. Your bum now looks too big for a diaper because I have this other person. I can, what was that like? Were you just always doing diapers? Like how many diapers? This is just a random question, but like stuff like that. How did you do that? (laughs) I I can't remember the actual number, but my, my husband and my oldest did figure it out one day. (laughs) Like how many diapers have we actually gone through? Cause we did have this diaper drive. And that, that's what he was kind of coordinating back at home while I was down at, um, in the city in the hospital. And I mean, I remember going downstairs and it was like, you couldn't see over the step, which was such a provision. And so we were so grateful for it. But then slowly that step would be dwindling. And we were like, oh my goodness, we're actually going to go through all these diapers. Um, and we did within the first year, like, I think it was probably within the first eight months, I want to say, um, 
and you know being preemie those little diapers always get me when I when I pull oh, I shape sure. a couple you know and oh actually, yeah it always gets me but um yeah it was constant we had I think it, we were at 40 bottles a day um they were color-coded <sighs> and um yeah I just I I knew that I couldn't kind of get behind <laughs> you know we yeah. had a system of washing them and um filling them and then being ready and so yeah we had to um, it was a very crazy time that I even look back at now and think like I said like how how did we actually make that work yeah. well and <laughs> so, I think that I know that for me and I haven't walked those halls at all but um I know that for me in the high stress times or in the high like a lot of demand time. The enemy can lie to me and he'll say, you're, you know, the, the words or, and honestly, some of it is just culture. Some of it is the enemy and some is just my own selfishness. Truthfully. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, I can throw a poor little me pity party as well, but where I, in essence would say in those moments, um, kind of, you refer to it of, well, nobody sees me doing all this. I'm running all of this. But then there was the other side of it, which was if I stop long, this was me. Now it may not be you. If I stopped long enough (laughs) to feel all the feelings in this moment, it's going to be too much. And so nobody understands how I'm feeling, but I can't even fully understand how I'm feeling. Like I just got to keep plowing through. And I just wondered, um, for you in those crazy early days, if you struggled with, you know, oh my gosh, I'm all alone in this. Or was it more just a, no, I'm just going to survive this and we're just going to get to the other side. And then I'll look at it on that side. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. That's a really good question. I think that there's a little bit of survival mode that kind of protects you, but being in that mode for too long, we had had some illness with our oldest as well. And we had to kind of um, hunker down for a season with him just so he wouldn't get sick and his immune system was low. And, um, and I think like there's a protection in that, but, but staying in that survival mode and, being there for too long can kind of give you like this false sense of like what life is like you miss, you know, you can't feel the feelings because you have to keep going, like you said. And you also think it's all up to you to keep it all going. Right. Mm-hmm. So that that's another lie. I know that you yeah. um, addressed <laughs> and that's a, such a good one too. Um, and then that you're alone in it, just like we did stay in community that was helpful um, with other like parents of quadruplets just to, just to not feel so crazy. And I'm sure it helps you to like for big families, just to be in a community, you know, where, where people have the age spans that you have between some of your kids, you know, oldest to youngest and all of that, just because I think you just don't feel um, it helps us not feel like we're the only one. And there is power in that, you know, there's power in not feeling like you're the only one feeling a certain way. So Um, for us, you know, it was staying in community with multiple moms of multiples. And the funny thing was, none of us had a lot of time to do that, but it was just even just checking in on each other. Um, I want to say it's kind of early Facebook times, but I think we were in like a group on there and, um, you know, some emails that we would do. I know some of the ladies would meet up, but that was, that was kind of helpful for me. And it is true that it's very easy to think like, this is all up to me. I did have those days that I would feel like if one thing 
you know so I yeah. think that's that's another those two lies together that you're all alone in it and that it's all up to you are, are really um two like a one-two punch you know that that yeah. those two together can really take you out and so I think it's staying in community but then I think as I get older because my quads are 11 and my oldest is 16 I think it's understanding like how I need authentic like a real community where I could really talk through some things um and you know there's those those circles right of our community where that core might only be a few people you know and mm-hmm. if you're and that there that's totally normal you know if you find yeah. a few people who really get what you're going through <laughs> yeah. you know then you that's such a blessing and that's a gift and that's more than a lot of people have so um I think it's a lot of those things that you had mentioned but it was it was pretty wild and crazy early on and you know we would joke because it would seem like it was like all four just kind of formed one baby. <laughs> like it's one large baby, but we're like, nope, there's four individuals. And that's what happened as they got older is like yeah. four different kids, completely different. I'm sure you, you know that with your own, you know, different needs, different um, personalities. So, um, but being in community with other moms of multiples, other moms of boys, because I have five boys, you know, just um, having those connections, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's a real big help. How do you, how do you do, I totally, first of all, I totally agree. I think community is something that um, we have to hunger for, because I don't think with the pace of our lives, it is a natural outflow anymore. Whereas maybe um, when our, our moms or our grandmothers were, I think when seasons were slower, just, and a lot of it is our own fault. I mean, we drive our own thing. I think the pandemic highlighted that to me was all of a sudden I had nothing to do. And my, and I was like, why was I so overladen? Well, I was overladen. I mean, I, I just done it to myself. I, I made those choices. Yeah. Yeah. But we all did. Yeah. yeah. And that, but that <laughs> yeah. pace of yeah. life, that pace of life almost um, comes against the idea of true community, which isn't like, right. I'm the world's queen at having lots of friends who I can tell you their name and know their kids. And I can wave to them at Carline and tell them a funny joke because of my personality. I tend to, you know, I can, I collect a lot of those but those aren't real. That's not community. And, and when the enemy is whispering to you, you're all alone. Nobody really wants. And, and, and for me, it's coming. It, it sounds different in different seasons. In some seasons, it's, you don't have time for anybody else because your life is too crazy and yeah. it's too busy. You have to stay home. And so you know, you can't go like, I mean, I've had definite seasons where I couldn't even go to lunch. I mean, I've just had way too many kids and exactly. way too much to yeah. do. And, and so the enemy goes, so it's not worth it to even reach out and say to somebody else, I'm drowning over here. Could, could we just text, <laughs> you know, right. I mean, I've had seasons where I basically listened to that and said, Oh, I just got to keep going and not stopped and go, no, what, what I need is I need community. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's so wise to know that, to know that you need community. That's like a, yeah. that first step. Yeah, It is. Yeah. And so it was powerful. I don't know. Did you see, and this will date this podcast, but I don't care. 
Um, Tim Keller put out, and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. So anybody listening to this a long yeah. time from now can see it. But did you see Tim Keller put out a little graphic the other day on, um, I don't know, maybe his Instagram. I don't know where it came out, but I saw it. I feel like I've been off my social media yeah, for it's fine. a couple weeks. It's <laughs> fine. Yeah. No, yeah. but basically the graphic, I guess he's doing something about friendship. Um, because he put out a graphic that compared 1990 to 2021. So how many years is that? That's 30 years difference. And the amount of, and he did men and he did women. And so in 1990 for men, it was like 40% of the men said that they had a good group of guy friends and like, I don't know, it's a long graph and it's got all this stuff, but basically they had a great group of guy friends. And in 2021, that number, I think was down to like 12%. And then in women that's, and so therefore the other side of the graph was growing crazy. So men are saying we're isolated. So then he did the same thing for women. And I kind of thought the the woman's would hold more, but actually that same loss is being reported in women where they're saying, no, actually I, I don't. And like the bottom of the graph was, I don't have any friends. I don't, I don't have any community. Yeah. And, um, so that was powerful to me because when I were getting ready to talk about being alone and there are so many women, whether they're moms or not self-reporting, I don't, I don't have good friendships. And I think it's really hard for us to be real with each other, especially with, um, I know social media can be good, can have good, we can use it for good. But I think it can also make us feel very isolated when we just open our phone and see yeah. all the things that either we're not able to do or we can't afford to do or we don't look like or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know, those in, in initial thoughts that we know aren't true, that we know we have to take captive. And um, and it varies for everyone. I'm just kind of putting out <laughs> some, right. of, some of the ones that I've heard and experienced myself. And I think, you know, for me, um, the lie can come in about being alone is like that I can just that I don't need anyone else. Like I can do this. I'm I'm more of an introvert. So I feel like, you know, what what's the point kind of thing? And the point is the enrichment of our lives that we were, we were made this way. We were in it together this way. You know, God uh, shows us the example of community in the word. Like we get to see what that looks like in his life, in Jesus's life. So um, yeah, that's so interesting though, that graphic, uh, it makes me sad, <laughs> but it also, yeah. you know, it's also good to know that we can, we can say like, this is an area that we, especially as we move forward, that we really need to address is women feeling like they can actually, you know, maybe a lot of us feel like we have a lot of people who we know, but can we tell them the thing that keeps us up at night? Can we tell them the mm-hmm. thing that's on our heart? Can we tell them that thing about our kid that we feel like you know, no one could understand that, you know, yeah. but I think that's, that's, and that's what I mean about that authentic community is, um, I tend to be a pretty open book. And sometimes I've had to realize, like, I don't know, it, it's just guarding, um, guarding your family's story, but also praying through that connection. And I found God has answered those prayers when I have prayed, you know, for someone to be able to tell that to whatever, whatever it is. Um, or to be able to share something with, or just someone to walk through a season. Um, early yeah. on, I gathered with a few women and we were reading through um, Ann Voskamp's 1000 Gifts. And I mean, that's all I could do. I think we met once a month. I think some months we couldn't meet, but just counting our gifts and counting um, 
those moments uh, made me feel connected to the world because when I feel like I'm not connected to anyone, that's, that's when I start to believe the things that the enemy wants me to believe about my life. And they're, they're simply not true, but we have that, those scales over our eyes. We don't see that they're not true. You know, we don't, we can't always call it out. We can't always say you have no power over me. Um, We need someone sometimes to reach in and and help us realize that. So, Mm. you know, whether it's your spouse, um, sometimes it's my own kids, something they do that, you know, reminds me, oh my gosh, this is not as important as I think it is. Or, you know, a lot of laughter, a lot of those moments of silliness (laughs) take me out of my own head. I can get in my own head a lot. Um, I'm reading through a couple books right now, just about, you know, getting out of your own head and, and releasing your own thoughts about what you think about yourself and your life and, and taking all those captive. And so, um, yeah, I think it's really important for us not being alone to, to feel connected in some way. And, um, yeah, that's, that's important. Yeah. I want to ask you this question. Um, when you said it earlier that you began to realize, no, you're not going to have any power over me, which I'm going to go look up that movie because I don't know that movie, but I'm also an eighties kid or, you know, and so I should have seen that movie at some point. I feel like I need to Google it right now. (laughs) 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 Totally referencing the wrong movie, but, um, uh, but learning the power of the word of God, both to anchor ourselves, um, and, and to stand in and also to defeat the enemy that it's, it's God's word that actually defeats the enemy. It's his truth. It's not even our rephrasing of the truth. It is no. God's truth that defeats the enemy. So for you in different seasons, and it may be a season now, or it may be been a season a long time when you had all the babies, what, what are some of your past, your what are some of your anchors? Like where in the Bible do you run when you go, when you begin to hear the lie, you're on your own? Yeah. So I'll give you the visual. I know that they won't be able to see it, but these, all my tabs in the green. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like where I go. That's where I go. Um, And I have, I write in like the margin kind of what, and this is what led me to do this, um, put these, the scripture verses and things together for a rooted home that I'm working on now in the shop, because I feel like we need quick references sometimes when the enemy comes at us, you know, we need those quick references. And um, so not only my tabs in my Bible, but sharing that with women, because I I know that women would share their verse with me that they would go to, or, you know, it's the verse um, that's over my son's bed is one, you know, Joshua one, nine, be strong, courageous, the Lord, your God goes with you wherever you go. That one is so quoted, I know, but I know that my kids take solace in that verse, you know, like, mm-hmm. so it's, um, I think that we definitely need to um, combat lies with truth. And one of the ones that I have, um, I, I listed some down here in front of me, um, is just the one from Colossians 2, 7, that says that your roots grow down into him, let your life yeah. be built upon him, you know, like just rooting myself in Christ. And then I like to put together all of the verses of you're fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. You're set apart. Like I kind of do, I don't know if it would be like a mishmash kind of a wrap scripture <laughs> verses, but kind of putting all those together. Cause I think you need them all together sometimes, yeah. you know? Um, and you just need to, you have to um, 
you know, yeah, it goes back to saying Satan, you have no power in my home. You have no power over my, my family. Jesus resides here. He lives here. Yeah. And these are, these are the phrases that I use. These are the phrases that speak life over my family. So, um, Another one that I have on my, my website is uh, Matthew 7, 24 through 25. It's the rain fell, the, you know, the floodwaters rose, all of that was happening, but your house is built on the rock. Um, that is me yeah. paraphrasing it, obviously. Right, <laughs> but, but, you know, your house is built on the rock. Build your house on the rock. Root yourself in him. Um, and a lot of the verses that I have here in in my bible all tabbed are just about um being rooted you know there's the one about um staying near the streams and being planted and um you know just never languishing and never uh never having um drought you know it just goes back yes. to all of those things but i kind of i know for me um it's his actual word but it's also just knowing um of course, it's his actual word, but it's also just knowing those quick truths that I can apply to my life you mm-hmm. know, um, in those moments when when those lies hit and um, the enemy is trying to trying to take yeah. us out. Yeah, I love that. And our um, kids, you know, we're standing yeah. in front of them. We're standing in front of our kids. We're standing in front of our families, too. You know, yeah. so it's that imagery that, you know, sometimes it's not us that he's coming after, but it's it's one of our kiddos that he's. Right. Yes. Well, you know, we, um, I teach my kids and I've I've taught it to women. It's kind of like probably your green stickers and it's probably even like your, um, miss your, your mantra mashup. That's what you should call it. You should call it like like my word of God mantra mashup. But, um, I do, I just, this is like the dumbest phrasing, but I just basically make, um, uh, roads through my Bible so that I can travel on it. So, um, I take kind of like what you just said, but I take, for instance, Jeremiah 17, which is, I think you're when you were talking about, about, um, being deeply rooted as a, as a tree and that not having your Mm -hmm. drought. And then like Isaiah, isn't it Isaiah 40 or is Isaiah 43 kind of talks about the same thing. Like, do not fear for I'm with you. I'm your God. Um, and I begin to like for the Isaiah one, I would mark on the side of it, the Jeremiah 17 and then Jeremiah 17, I would mark the Isaiah. And then I would mark the next one that I found so that I begin to make a road. I can travel in those moments when my mind wants to go crazy, when my mind wants me to believe, you know, um, you know, whatever. I mean, my mind can do all sorts of things with me. But, um, and being well, able I to think go it's a spiral that starts, right? When yeah. That's what you're saying. So you're kind of yeah. going out of the spiral. It's like, you're going downward and then, you know, your road back up is all of these verses that are right. telling you truth, you know, like this is, I don't need to go down into that pit any further. I don't need right. to go down in the spiral. Cause I know I can trace this. And that really ties into, um, another thing that I, I did want to mention, what, which is just, it's helpful to trace where he's shown up in our lives. when we haven't been alone you know like we need to I do that for with my kids and I forget to do it for myself sometimes is to trace those moments where we're connected to him and where he has shown up you know and um what did that look like did it look what did it look like how did it feel how did we know he was with us and have those as our anchors and go back to those those moments so that's that's that is good that is good well 
I am so glad you've been on here today. I want to, I want to repeat again where everybody can find you because I know they're going to want to, um, tell everyone, you tell everyone, you'll probably know it easier than I will. <laughs> where can they find <laughs> so you on all yes, the different yes, places? Yes. And, and then I want to know when your shop is going to open or if you know yet, and you may not, which is fine if you don't. Yeah. So you can go to michellecurl.com, but you can also go to overeatedhome.com. That will just redirect okay. you over to, um, they, they're connected. And the shop, I hopefully by the time this airs, it'll be open um, and it'll just keep growing. But initially it's going to be prints and teas and, you know, candles, things for your home as well, just to have all of the it. words and truth around you. Um, done in kind of a different way because that's just <laughs> that's just my personality um I used to work for anthropology years ago I left my corporate job and and yeah. uh and switched over to like this creative job when my father passed away I was like I'm gonna do the thing that I want to do and so it's funny to see how God works in your life because sometimes yeah. you're like why am I here <laughs> yeah what will that do someday and, you know, there's just moments of being an entrepreneur or setting up my own shop or, you know, working there that have been traced through my life that have kind mm -hmm. of led to this too. So it's been sweet in more than one way of just opening a shop, but to kind of see the preparation points along the way. Yeah. So, yeah. Again. Yeah, yeah. So I can't wait to show everyone. And yeah, I would love to have um, anyone stop by and just root your home and your family, your people in truth. And I'm so grateful for everything you're doing. I love um, this series. I think it's, it's really going to be powerful. It already is. And I think um, it's already opening up a community with just within this podcast of women just being able to know that they're not alone in those lives, even though they come at us differently um, mm -hmm. and they may sound a little bit differently. It's still that same core thing and it, it doesn't have power over us. So thank you for, for doing this work. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you for today. Thank you for sitting thank at my one day, one day. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to create, I'm going to figure out how we actually can sit all at a table together because I think so it would be wonderful. amazingly fun. So anyway, yeah, well, and I think it's, it's good to point to like the virtual community too. You know, I forgot yes, about that piece. Yes. It, this, you've kept us in community with this during this time. And I think that's um, so important. Uh -huh. So yeah, I would love to see you in real life, Bethany. <laughs> but for now, I'll take whatever time. <laughs> that's I right. <laughs> that's right. Well, um, for everybody listening, um, I appreciate your time. And in the show notes, we'll have every place that you can find Michelle. And um, I hope, that And again, uh, the last thing I want to tell all y'all listening is if you have any questions, if you have anything that comes to your mind that you just need to share, you can find it on my website. I have this crazy, you can speak into it and tell me your question. And um, it's been fun to listen to the questions that have been popping through there. And I'm going to start addressing them in, in the coming podcast. But um, I would love to hear from you. So, and until then, have a wonderful day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.